Hello, welcome to Tip Manor Podcast. It is a new season, a fresh season, the 2021 season. It's all very exciting. Same pod, same entrance music. I completely forgot. I was going to spice that up a bit. Maybe put some dubstep in there. I've completely forgotten. Shame. But anyway, yeah. Um, lads, we've been doing the pod for over a year now. Do you think we've matured as a, a collective of podders, John? Uh, I don't. I doubt we've matured as individuals, but maybe in our delivery, we've got a bit better. Okay, good, good. Ben, what, what are your thoughts? <laughs> they were my exact thoughts. As a podcast, <laughs> we've matured, but not as individuals. <laughs> you, just, you, just, you just reversed what I said. Yeah. <laughs> I still uh, swear, we... so I've clearly not got over it yet. But I'm going to try this. I'm going to try so... this season not to swear. So hold me to it. You've still made loads of effort to get a nice microphone for all the listeners to to enjoy. <laughs> That's great. Uh, yeah. Um, sorry. Poor sorry, student sorry. over here. It's fine. We, we've come back to quite a crowded Oxford United podcast market. So now it's not just the fence end who used to just do an episode every six months. Now they do one every every other day. Or Thames men are there. And then you've got who else is there? You've got Joe Citroni now doing stuff as well. He, he, did anyone listen to that with Michael Appleton? Thought that was pretty good. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jack, I'm sure you did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was it was a good interest interesting one. Um, some few snippets that we hadn't heard before, I think. But Matt's just a nice bloke, isn't he? So I think he uh, enjoys chatting football. Yeah, and then um, the BBC thought it'd be fine for them to do something as well our friends at the bbc let's uh oh, sorry let's, yeah our friends our pals let's, let's not let's not give them a uh a su- subtle dip <laughs> but we are the last off the mark to do a preview so how how are we going to deal with that um i don't know jack what what are we going to bring to the table that's going to be the differential uh hot gossip hot goss Ooh. okay nice the um latest, the latest polls heavy wake it <laughs> Oh yeah, true that. Um, things that have changed since the last pod. Ben, you got married. COVID wedding, how was it? Uh, it was weird. Very weird. <laughs> I, I don't feel like I got married at all because it wasn't your traditional wedding day. I was back at home within two hours. It wasn't quite what I had in mind. But you did have the OUFC cufflinks and then you got your ring engraved. I did. With I a little ox. The, the ox's head is on the inside of my wedding ring. And I'm well, very just a wedding that. ring. That, that sounded painful, my voice. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> didn't, didn't get it engraved on my hand. That's a bit extreme. I thought it was easy to get it on the ring. <laughs> but I'm very happy with that. First love. Really, it's the true love, but don't tell the missus. That's why it's on the inside of the ring. There you go. Um, Connor, you're back in Botley. No more island for you at the moment? No, not at the moment. Um, the whole COVID situation has basically dictated that. So I'm back here for... Uh, about f- well, at least four months. So I will be here until the new year. Yeah, good. Nice. I'm glad to be back. To be honest. Right. Have I done enough small talk with all of you? Yes. Yes. We've got another special guest on the pod today. So six of us. This is going to be dramatic. But we've got uh, Tony Fallows. Tony, we went to school together back in the day. What? We what? Did, when did yeah. we meet? Year five. Don't that know. Could be right. Yeah. Maybe. Let's say year how, five. How old are you in year five? 
How old were you in year five? <laughs> About the same age. Touche. Touche. Yeah, probably the same age. Um, so, Tony, you've written the kind of season preview for Oxford in the latest 442 magazine. Yep. So it felt, you know, it made sense to get you on. That is the differential. You're the differential. I was going to say, when you asked the question, I was waiting for someone to say, well, we've got Tony Fallows today. <laughs> the big guns, you know. That, that would have been a nice link. And we're not very effective at doing that on this podcast, Tony. So, <laughs> There's a there reflection. Yeah. Uh, Tony, have you got over the Wickham game yet? Um, I guess I've got over it. You know, I've, I think um, it's been it's been good having the short pre-season, hasn't it? To start looking yeah. ahead straight away. But I mean, occasionally just the that still image of James Henry through on goal pops into your head, doesn't it? I don't know if that'll ever go away. Yeah, did you hear Jerome was completely defending that the other day? I don't know if it was on their pod or something else, but he was saying it was, I don't know. I'm still not quite there. I I got what he was saying, but I was like, you know, I'm just, I'm still not there yet. It's fine. You can't defend, you can't defend that. What is he doing? He's got to shoot. He's Oh. Can, can we please not do this? <laughs> please. Like, yeah, we'll um, move on. Come on. It's a new season. I thought we'd got over this. I might just go and cry. Sorry, if you yeah. <laughs> See, uh, the last time I spoke or saw Connor, he was quitting our Zoom call as Henry didn't shoot. So, um, yeah, I, 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 let's, <laughs> move, let's move on well. quickly. <laughs> right. I literally rage quitted. I like, th- I like slammed my laptop, like, <laughs> like the screen of it down because I was so angry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's 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 not. Please move on, please. I don't want to, <laughs> right. I don't want to relive this. Right. Well, we'll we'll chat more about what was in the four four two article uh, as we get into kind of squad and predictions chatter. But uh, Tony, as it's your first time on, we have some traditional first pod questions. So, are right. you ready? I hope so. Yes. First game. What do you reckon? My first. My first game. Your first game. My first yeah. game. Um, I had well, my first game was actually an away match, so I don't know how many people's first games would be an away match. But I went um, away to QPR at the start of the ninety six ninety seven season. That was my first. Ever I was game. there. Danny Dicchio scored for QPR in that game. Is did that he? a player? Yeah, he yeah. was a player. I don't. We lost two yeah. one. We think. did. Jemson scored on his debut. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think I'd got into football a lot like over that summer because it was like Euro ninety six and stuff. Um, and so my dad uh, took me to that one, but yeah, that was my first game. Nice. What what era do you kind of look back on like the most as a fan? Is it an obvious answer, or is there because you've kind of stuck with it a lot more than others that we grew up with, I guess, um, through the tough times as well. So yeah, what kind of resonates the most with you? Um, well, I think like in terms of actually looking looking back at the the best like football and stuff, that era is obviously special you know when we were up in the second tier obviously last time we were there um but I mean the recent years have been the best years really haven't they I mean under, under Appleton and now under Robinson I think we're playing playing the best football I've I can remember us playing so yeah yeah decent and if you had to pick top three players what are you going with top three uh Joey Beecham is obviously number one well not not obviously that's my choice but um I think yeah Joey obviously you know exciting player local lad and everything did you ever run into joey like you grew up obviously near summertown as well but did you ever see him in the dew drop i never saw him in the dew drop but i did um it's probably the only time i've I've been starstruck in my life but i remember seeing him at the the summertown stars summer fate you you all remember that one of Um, course yeah so i think he used to play for summertown stars because he grew up in in cutslow like around where i lived and um 
And so, yeah, I, I was there watching my brother play, actually, because my brother played for Summertown. Um, and, and Joe Beecham was there. And I remember saying to my dad, oh, is that Joe Beecham? Because like, he, was, he was like this magical figure to me. Um, and I, I got him to sign my Summertown Stars program for the day. <laughs> I went up and like nice. tapped him on the tapped him on the leg and said, "Excuse me, Joey, will you sign this, please?" He was very. How nice. old were you at the time? Oh, I would have been. I don't know. Twenty-one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, like twelve, thirteen, something like that. I think that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Did we play for Summertown together? You played for a bit, didn't you? Yeah. Well, when you were playing for Summertown around then, I was playing for Marston Saints, and then oh uh, yeah, um, I we played for Summertown together, and when we all started it back up again when we were about 16 or 17 wasn't it under steve cheryl oh yeah what a legend yeah yeah tried to kill me didn't he i think i missed the penalty and then he chased me around the pitch and tried to kill me and that's not even my i think was that his last game in charge of uh, (laughs) summertown stars i think it It was was. it definitely was yeah Yeah. but he's still around i saw my dad the other day he said he'd he'd seen steve around so i think he goes up to watch oxford occasionally um any other players Mm. Sorry, I was just having a have another drink. Um, any other players? Uh, so, I mean, all those players from that era. I think like when you're when you're that age, like 10, 11, 12, all those players, um, they're like mythical, aren't they? You know, um, like Matty Elliott like, and like Nicky Banger. Yeah, well, but yeah, he was a bit. He was a little bit later, wasn't he? And he was rubbish as well. But um, <laughs> yeah, um, I used to be obsessed with Simon Marsh. He wouldn't be in my top three. Wow. Okay. But, he was he was like left back, wasn't he? I think we sold him to Birmingham. But um, I think Constable probably James Constable number two. Yeah, um, yeah. Obviously for what he did for us, taking us back into the football league and stuff. Um, and then the third one, I, don't, I really really like Dean Whitehead. I used to really like Dean Whitehead, and obviously he went up and played at, at the top level as well. So yeah, maybe Dean nice. would be number Strong. three. Yeah. And you used to do quite a bit for Rage Online, did you not? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that's how I guess sort of how I ended up doing these odd bits and pieces for four four two. So um, I, at one point in my life, had had dreams and ambitions and wanted to be a sports journalist. Um, those <laughs> no days idea. are long gone. Exactly. Yeah, the pinnacle of my sports journalism <laughs> career so far. So um, it's, it's an honour. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I I was sort of bugging Martin to to let me write some bits and pieces for Rage. Um, and and he ended up uh, sort of putting me in charge of the news part of the site, so I did that for a bit. And then I think because uh, Martin works for a club now, so Martin Bradetsky, Bradetsky, yeah, Martin Bradetsky. Sorry, yeah. Oh right, I didn't um, actually know he like looked after that. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think I'm pretty sure Martin set up the the website itself. So, um, but yeah, I think four four two had got in touch with him to say, you know, would you do some bits. Uh, bits of pieces of like fan opinions for us but I think he'd just taken up his official role at the club so maybe he couldn't do it so he just pointed in my direction so I've been doing it since then yeah. nice nice yeah. and so I, I didn't want to forget this but mm. am I right in thinking you used to work for football manager I did work for football manager yeah for about yeah three or four years and I, I had I took my own notes down to say <laughs> did Tony come up with the stats for the players and he's it was yeah. to blame I was to blame, yeah. Or seriously, I, I thought I, I made that up. No, no. I so well. I was I was the the researcher for Oxford United, which is that's not like a paid position. So I did that for <laughs> even longer. So I probably did that for about ten years or something. Um, but yeah, I saw I noticed someone on the Yellows forum the other day had posted something saying that they were the 
the Oxford United researcher football manager and they got an earful and everyone was telling them that they were a geek and that they should they should go home and stop talking about it. So I don't I don't know if I want to go into it too much detail. Oh, could, could you not have put like John Paul Pittman with ninety nine pace, I mean, eighty four shooting? So they they do have some like checks and balances. Um, <laughs> oh, so you can't quite shame. get away with it. I mean, I could have tried, I suppose. Yeah. Would, is that the one player you wish? I don't. I, I just. I was trying to like roughly guess the era that you were working there. Yeah, I would have done uh, it around then. Yeah, yeah. John the John Paul Pittman. Pittman era. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was grim days, obviously, down there. So, trying to compare, like, like you know, who were some of the terrible players? We had Phil Trainer. Maybe he wasn't the worst. But our, our entire last pick eleven on this pod. Yeah, <laughs> you've called yes. Courtney Pitt negative. Figures. Oh, Courtney Pitt. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Minus minus ten for decisions. Courtney Pitt or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I did that. <clears throat> uh, and yeah, I worked for them as well for a bit, and uh, basically was responsible for the sort of match simulation. So the stuff that sort of generates the scores, I suppose. Um, All right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. There you go. That's unique. Um, right, let's do let's do stuff. Let's talk about things. So let's we're going to start with the important stuff, the kit. Um, ben, home kit. What are you thinking? It's okay. It's not <laughs> nothing brilliant. It's nothing that's sort of completely out the box, like say the away kit was last year. But you know, it's good enough. I'll, I'll probably buy it. It'll do a job. Okay. Okay. Does anyone want to challenge Ben's thoughts or everyone in agreement there? I, I don't really like it, to be honest. Okay, okay. Right, we've yeah. got negativity not, coming not, in from Connor. Not, not a fan. I don't... I, no? I just... Uh, what, I just what, is it, what is it? Is it too similar to last year's? Is well, it the sponsor like, with smiley face? Yeah, see, I really like last year's home kit, even though it's uh, another one of Puma's templates. Um, I just... And it's the same, obviously, this year. I, I just really don't like the way the sponsor looks on it. I just don't. I think the no. Nah, I think yeah, like the little smiley face thing, and it kind of looks like a banana as well. Like it's just a bit. <laughs> just someone a bit. Say, Danny from the Orchard Yellow said his missus thought it was a banana company. <laughs> <didn't she>? <laughs> really <laughs> like, amazing Tha- Thailand banana company. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's not a massive fan of it. Not a massive. Not a massive fan. We- we put it out on Twitter as a poll and it was very even between I like, I buy at 37% and I'm going to wait for the spicy away shirt, please. And um, it turned out the away shirt, John, was pretty spicy. Yeah, damn spicy. I think there's a definitely a purchase coming from me. I like the black down the bottom as well. Like, But it's also an excuse to buy a bright orange kit. I think none of us could pluck up the courage to buy like a Dutch kit sort of wear it uh, but that is, that's obviously a go on I, I can up you there I've got a Brisbane Raw shirt which is which is bright orange and it's got like a coffee club as a sponsor when my parents went to Australia I got them to get me a football shirt so I can up you there that is a class kit so to be fair I actually quite like the orange away kit and obviously the links to to Headington United are great as well yeah, no, I do, I do like the away kit. I just think normally wearing a bright orange kit, unless you've got a good a good reason to, is a bit of a attention seat attracting yeah, thing. Bit of a statement. Yeah. But yeah. um, no, I, I do like it. And yeah, and the, the links back to Hingston are, are brilliant. Did you see the Tony? Did you see Nick Harris talking through it with the unveiling? I, I haven't. I've that. heard about this. Yeah, with the the dream inspires in the background, isn't it? 
Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, it it's so good. It's such a great. Like, I think a few people on on Twitter mentioned that it's like the voice of Oxford. Like his voice is just fantastic, <laughs> and it goes really, really well with the video. It was really good. I, I think is that why you all said you like it? You, you've all been brainwashed by Nick Harris into <laughs> the best away kit we've ever had. <laughs> it, it is decent. I, I think a few of us on the pod either are a bit ginger or have ginger beards, and I think it's a bit of a problem. Yeah. I think there's a there's a clash there's a clash there that no one wants to see, and so they just uh, didn't consider the ginger ninjas amongst us, yeah. which is why I think they've gone for the third kit for that exact reason, just to <laughs> give the the gingers of the world something to cling on to. But, yeah, Everybody right. already stares at me as I'm out running with my training kit on and all that sort of thing, looking at Oxford United Leeds. What are you doing around here? So, You're just going to look like the tango man. Yeah, exactly. So might as well, du- <laughs> might as well double, double up. Yeah, nice. Um, right, squad chatter then. Um, I reckon at this point it's worth talking, Tony, a bit more about the 442 article because otherwise we'll just end up talking about all the things without referencing it back. So yeah. you mentioned, you were asked about like most underrated. What did you say? I said uh, Sam Long. Yes. And you said he, he's criticised a lot for not being the next Cafu. I did, yeah, which shows how out of date my, my football records are, <laughs> I suppose. But I suppose I should have said the next Cadden, but then it wouldn't have transferred to a national magazine, would it? No, um, no. I think you've done the right thing. Yeah. Um, but that, yeah, I, I, I feel a bit sorry for, for Sam Long because he does get criticised for not flying up the wing and, you know, setting up 10 or 15 goals a season. But um, I don't know, maybe it's probably a bit of an old fashioned viewpoint now, but, you know, I'd like my fullbacks to be defenders. Um, and he's a good defender. So, yeah. Jack, where are you at with the Sam Long debate? Like, you, we've got Claire obviously in now. So, do you reckon who, who's going to get grab the jersey? I, I literally have no idea. Yeah, I think I think it's up for grabs. I agree with Tony though. Sam Long could score a hat trick with his shoulder, yeah. and they'd probably all be disallowed. Actually, but never mind. Um, no, whatever Sam Long does, he's there is some criticism across the fan base, and I don't know why. Obviously, Cadden was a much more effective player in an attacking sense last year, and Sam Long is never going to be that. Um, hence why we've brought uh, Claire in. He, he appears to be this kind of attacking, almost wing-back wing style fullback. but I can see uh, Long being played at you know your Tuesday nights away at Rochdale kind of games where actually we want to be solid rather than attacking. I'm sure he's going to be delighted with that. Here you go, Longy, Rochdale, Scunthorpe. These are your games. No, I, I know what you mean, though. To be fair, I think, is, um... I think Claire is going to be the first choice, though, isn't he? Because he's has he been given a number two, hasn't he? And he's also we paid a fee yeah. for him, so you don't go uh, forking out money for fullbacks unless you're intending to put them into the starting eleven or the four. Yeah. To be fair, on this pod, we have given Sam Long or Schlong, as we call him, quite a bit of chip. Um, yeah. I but I'd like to I'd like to say it's kind of like mixed, you know, like it's balanced. Uh, I, I, there's just a few mistakes that just stick in my mind. For some reason, Burton away. I know we ended up scoring the last minute. There was just a few times where it's like it just stayed with me. But I remember we dwelled on it a lot in in pods. So I think we're part of the problem, to be honest. <laughs> um, who are we looking out for this season, Tony? This one shocked me a bit. Who were we looking out for? Was this one yeah, of the questions, was it? Oh, it shows it was, yeah. It was like, look out for, and then you put... Oh, uh, you the, oh yeah, yeah, Tyler Goodrum. I mean, 
it, yeah, it's about um, you know the, the hot prospects at the club, I suppose. So um, yeah, I mean, obviously he broke our, our youngest ever player record, didn't he, uh, last season? Yeah. Um, so I thought I'd give him a shout out, but yeah, I mean, realistically, I guess he's probably unlikely to break into the first team. But you know, you never know with Robertson. He's got obviously you've got track record of putting young players in the team. So. Um, I mean, there's quite a few of the, the youth players that are being spoken about now, isn't there, in, in terms of being close to the first team. I mean, um, I imagine we'll move on to talking about centre-backs at some point, but Nico Jones is obviously one who's uh, the most likely to probably break into the first team. Yeah, Nico Jones just keeps posting videos of himself with no seatbelt on. That seems to be what he's been getting up to. Sorry, Nico, if you listen to this, but just chill out a bit, mate. Jesus. Yeah. I think he needs to be careful if he's going to keep acting like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, they, they did the that. thing with him. But they did the thing where they got him to, what was it? A bit of trivia, daily trivia last year. And I think it was more about bringing him, bringing him out of his shell. Um, but yeah, because they see him as potential, you know, future captain material, I think was the, the line, but there you go. Um, Tyler Goodrum, very articulate as well in interviews, came across as a lovely chap. Maybe he'll get a chance when it comes to the um, Johnston's Tin Pot Surprise Trophy, yeah, um, which is where I think he got an opportunity last time. Yeah, and uh, there's a few others as well, isn't there? Like Slavi Spassel, is it? And um, Fabio Lopez. I mean, keep keep hearing that they're sort of close and they've had the odd hip appearance here and there, haven't they? So could have picked a load of them, but... But yeah, just thought I'd give Tyler a shout out. Yeah, yeah. Does anyone know if any of those guys got any time in pre-season? I know Lofthouse, I think, did at left Lo- back. At- mm. Lofthouse is the only one. Um, Spazov and Lopez have been like fronting the... Well, they're calling it under-21 side at the minute. The under-23 seems to have disappeared, as does Chris Allen, but that's another mm. thing altogether. Oh, right. But Spazov, Lopez... Um, who a couple of the guys were out on loan at Rushton last year, Prillian Chambers, uh, Fabio Sol. I think they're the kind of four hopefuls that we we see as breaking through. And then KR's mentioned Lofthouse as a potential left back cover if we don't get someone else. So there's there's plenty coming through, like Tony says. Nice. You are good, Jack, aren't you? <laughs> you feed you feed us with all that knowledge. It's amazing. Um Player you'd happily, I think you. I liked how you turned this around, Tony. Player you'd happily drive to another club for. Yeah, they oh, always. Oh, no, sorry. Yeah. Wasn't it more meant to be player you would happily drive to another club? Is it yeah, gone. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. They they ask this one every year, and I always think. I think I did put John Abika last year, which I think was justified because um, he, he was useless. Um, but did you drive him to St Mirren in the end? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but he's, he's doing all right out there, isn't he? He scored a, like an overhead kick or something. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He's, Legend. Yeah. He's he's found his level. Good for him. But yeah, I, I said uh, Marcus Brown um, uh, was was the player I'd happily drive to another club I, and something along the lines of bringing him, bringing him back from Middlesbrough, having signed permanently. But it looks like that's probably not happening, is it? I mean, I think there was a, a local news story up in Middlesbrough about how he's uh, he's close to the first team and they, they're looking to him uh, to make an impact on the start and eleven, so unless something uh, something goes wrong for him in the first few matches of the season, I, I don't think he's going to be yeah. coming back here. Did one of you say that as well that Warnock had him in his plans? Yeah, I think Warnock said that, and, and to be fair to him, he should stay there probably as much as it pains me to say it, but he should be trying to back himself under a new manager to get into a, a championship team, or he is effectively saying 
I'm not quite sure I'm at that level, but as we'll talk about at length, that is the key position, isn't it, that we need to bring in. So hopefully that we sort of move on from Brown pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. Um, you also said if KR left, who would you put in charge? Do you remember what you said for that? I, I do remember, yeah, John Massinho. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, he he's there. We, we've heard about how he, he's looking to get into coaching and, um, you know, he seems like a smart guy. I think he's like um, involved in the PFA and stuff like that as well. Um, so, you know, he looks like he could potentially be a, a manager at some point, whether that's with us or not, I don't know. But, but yeah, I mean, as, as Oxford fans, you know, fans of any clubs always have a tendency to just talk about the players and the people that they're familiar with, don't they? So um, I, I doubt that Massinho will end up being the next Oxford manager. But yeah, I think he could be a manager one day. Yeah. Just for sure. Just linking to that KR question there. One of the guys in the Yorkshire Yellows group has just put a, a screenshot of a tweet from Jason Burt, the Telegraph, saying Carl, Robin- Carl Robinson is set to sign a new long-term deal at Oxford United until 2024. That'd be good. Nice. Yeah. So nice. We'll Breaking that's, news. That's an, another new contract. He only got one last year, wasn't it? Breaking news. Yep. I don't have an in- interlude for that. <laughs> he had two years good. left. Because when we were talking about things like Blackpool and he was making some noise at the end of the season, it was all like, he's got two years in his contract, he's not going anywhere. Like We're not going to sack him, are we? So, God, this is a professional outfit. Jack, Jack, say it, say the thing again. No, I'm joking. Um, ha, ha, ha. I think that should put an end, though, to the sort of... He's obviously said to the board, look, you know, if you're going to back me, back me. And I think they've done that with transfers. Obviously, they've now done it with him with the contract. So hopefully that should put that to bed for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Tony, final thing, mm. and then we'll talk about Mr. Dickey because you referenced him as well. Oh, but, yeah. um, how did you see the final table in terms of your prediction versus four four two? I think we're going to do the rest of our predictions right at the end. But Yeah, I think, so I think I might have sent my answers in the day after the playoff final. So I was feeling a bit down, but I, I managed to sort of rouse myself to a, a seventh, a finish of seventh place, I said, which is obviously just outside the playoffs. So a sort oh. of hero- heroic uh, defeat, which <laughs> Oxford are quite good at. Um, but four four two went for fifth, which obviously puts us in the playoff spot. So obviously I hope I'm wrong and they're, they're right. But um, I think as well at the time that I was writing it, we didn't know who um, who had come down from the championship by that point. We hadn't had the final game of the season. So yeah, yeah. Um, I think looking at the the state that the three clubs that have come down are in, um, that gives us a bit of an advantage as well because all three of them are in a bit of difficulty off the pitch, aren't they? Who, who Charlton, Wigan <laughs> and Hull. Hull, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, good point. Um, and then the final thing, you had to pick a key player and you put Rob Dickey, which is exactly what I would have picked and I'm yeah. sure the other, some of the others as well. But um, And then you said if it's not Rob Dickey, whoever replaces him, if he goes. Yeah, um, well, I think, I mean, in truth, it's probably Cameron Brannigan now, but um, I, I do think we need to um, maybe not replace Dickey off the back of uh, Atkinson's performances this pre-season, but we definitely need another centre-back, I, I think, um, I mean, we talked about Nico Jones, but I'd, you'd be a bit worried if you were relying on, is he 17 years old still, I think, if you were relying on him and Massinho now, who's 35, I think, um, that, yeah, I think we probably need another senior centre-back. Yeah, 
I'm def I'm definitely there as well mm. that we've still got to bring another player in because I think it's the amount of games we're going to play in quick succession as well. There's a yeah. lot of Saturday Tuesdays, isn't there? And putting all of that on Atkinson. People forget as well that Dicky didn't have a great start, did he? He got a, quite no, a bit of mm. abuse, and it's really you know we're all fickle, aren't we? You just kind of forget about that, put it to one side. But anyway, and I think on on Atkinson, as we're kind of covering it already, that he does look pretty damn good on paper and certainly in some of the pre-seasons of what I've, clips I've seen. But if he has a bad run of form and he's only young, you need to be able to take him out of the team. A senior can't play that often, I'd imagine. So mm. I think you still need someone else to come in and be the experienced option. And Elliot Moore, I think, Jack, you've made this point, he's only in his second season of being the kind of lead player now, now that yeah. he's gone. So it's all, it could work perfectly with Atkinson and Moore and Massinho. But it feels like it's a little bit of a gamble still if, if we were going to have the perfect squad. Yeah. yeah, and listening to the the coverage of the QPR friendly where Jerome was talking about it a lot, given that it was obviously we're playing QPR, Dickie wasn't playing. And like the valuation came up again and again. And I think Jerome was saying, look, we've got to hold on for a seven-figure fee, but I think we're going to... It, the fee's not going to be in the like three million mark that I think a lot of the fans are hoping for. But Jack, I, I don't know if it was you or someone else that put in the notes around maybe from the QPR side, they've suggested the deal is worth two and a half million. Yeah, there was a, a few bits in kind of West London uh, news outlets that suggested two and a half million, but there was also the um, suggestion of add-ons. So, Potentially two and a half million is the kind of eventual fee. Um, I think KR, as you'd expect, kind of worded it in that it's a good fee considering his contract position. Obviously, he could have started talking to clubs in January and left on a free. Um, yeah. I think as football fans, as you know, Oxford supporters, we probably always slightly over egg our opinion on value of our players, but. I'd say somewhere uh, somewhere one and a half to two million would be would be fine for you know he's a League One centre back at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah. a good point. That sounds pragmatic. I I think yeah somewhere above one and a half mil was where I was at. Um, but I do I do think we've lost the best centre back that I can remember for a long long time in terms of like a progressive ball playing centre back. And Ben, can you think of anyone else that compares? It's on the spot. <laughs> no, it's difficult, isn't it? It's, I mean, Luke Foster. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, I think it's just that Dicky, like you said, he didn't start well. But then I think we sometimes going back to being fickle. We expect players to immediately be brilliant straight away, and you know, in terms of their football and in terms of their personal life, it's going to take time to adjust to a new club. But Dicky just seemed to develop quick enough, and kept developing that you think, oh, actually, there's something could be quite special here. So I think that's why we, we rate him so highly because he, he he's that kind of player that you want to have in your team and that looks like he will develop as he gets a bit more experience. Yeah. And thinking back to centre-backs we've had like that, I can't think of any off the top of my head. Certainly not in the last 10 years. No, no. And Connor, like the Man City and Newcastle games and stuff, like he was, he just looked at home there, which is the only reason why I'm a bit surprised. Like QPR doesn't feel like a big step from where we very nearly could have been. Um, and I know the lead, you know the difference in division makes you know makes mm. the difference, but could he have gone a bit higher, bit bit bigger club? I, think, I, don't know. I think 
if you recall when we spoke about this at the end of last season, I said a lot of I know particularly John was saying how he thinks he could go to the Premier League, and I was quite I was quite surprised by that because I think Championship is where his level is. I don't I don't quite think he's a Premier League ready centre back now. I mean I know there was rumours weren't there that he was linked to Newcastle. Um, Newcastle, yeah. Yeah, I think. I think. I mean, look, it's a good move for him. He's he's gone up a division. He's playing in a in a in a better league. You know, one of the best leagues in the world. Championship is a fantastic division. It's so competitive. Um, I just think that, yeah, maybe you're right. The, the QPR. I, mean, I didn't actually. To be honest, with you, I didn't see QPR as a as a as a club that would go in for him. Like it was when when the rumors came out, and then that was well, it. It was kind of deal done. That's all I saw. Well, they just, they just made sixteen million from selling what's his face uh, to. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. yeah, I suppose, but but yeah, I mean, I wish him well. I think like like you've just had a little chat with Ben there that he's he's been a fantastic player for us, particularly last season. Stood head and shoulders above any other centre back in the league, and fair play to the bloke going onto a onto a bigger club because that's just the natural yep. progression of football players. So you know, I wish him all the best because he did well for us. Yeah, the the model works again. Yeah. Jack, did you see Dave? Dave Pritchard's article about the one million players that we've sold over the years. Yeah, Dick is number ten now, isn't he? I think, but um, something like a few kind of pre nineties or pre ninety five anyway, and then nothing, and then is it four or five in the last four seasons or something? Yeah, I saw someone had done a little maths thing on Twitter, and in the something like fifteen to twenty years prior to twenty sixteen, we'd roughly made about a million pounds on transfers and in the four years since we've made over 12 million if you kind of go with the rumored figures for um undisclosed fees so this model is definitely working i think the only time we panic is when we can't see any assets on the pitch but atkinson would uh, seem to be the new kind of up-and-coming bloke so we've, we've still got a few around for sure um Right, on to signings then. So, Tony, Matty Taylor signed the deal. It's like a new signing in a way, isn't it? Yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? I think everyone obviously wanted to keep him. Um, and, and when we lost in the final, I thought, well, you know, you can say goodbye to people like Matty Taylor and Cameron Brannigan um, because they're not they're not going to stay with us in League One. But, um, yeah, really good to, to keep Taylor, obviously, and uh, being a local uh, local lad as well, that, that's a little extra. But, um I mean, there's obviously those rumours around the time about us signing our highest ever paid player and whether that's him or, or whether that it is. Had, it had to be him. As soon as they said that, I was like, it's got to be him because yeah. imagine if you're in the squad and then they brought some like bloke in from Kilmarnock. <laughs> they're like, well, this guy gets paid more than all of us. Imagine him bedding in. Yeah. You're right, pain in the ass. At least Taylor's there. He scored 17 whatever goals last year. You know, exactly. It yeah. yeah. No, it's been, I mean, it's been a while since we've had a goal score that you can rely on a, a proper centre forward, isn't it? A goal a goal poacher. So I know that we've had like Hilton and Roof who have scored a few for us in recent years, but he's a proper on the line. Yeah. yeah, on the shoulder, last defender, you know. Um, but he, we do need probably another. Well, probably another player in his position, unless some of these unknown quantities turn out to be um, first team material. Like uh, I imagine we'll talk about them in a minute, will we? I'll say you're and the rest of them. Yeah, that's it. John Brannigan, Tony's just mentioned him there. I, I never thought he was going to leave after his somewhat kind of disjointed end to the season, and that that you know that came about, and I think that's the right decision for both him and us. I'm delighted he's staying. Yeah, it was a proper 
look at look at your phone and be shocked moment. Um, I think we all thought similar, and I think he's made a great decision from football football perspective. I think he's looked at it and gone. Actually, it might be better for me to play forty games in League One, tear it up, and then get 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 a big move off the back of it, rather than do say a, a Ryan Ledson or possibly a Gavin White and go up to the Championship and not really get the game time because it's not come off the back of a particular consistent performance. Yeah. So I think it's fantastic. Um, and I think we'll we'll get a good season out of him. Um, so yeah, and no, I really want to see him play further up the pitch this this year and sort of um. He always tends to sort of end up coming short to get the ball off Gorin and then gets a bit stuck. But I'd like to see him push a bit forward, further forward and I think he'll do some serious damage. But he was one which gave me, a, sort of flicked my optimism dial up a bit more when that one came in. Yeah, I remember you saying like early on last season when he started kind of adding goals to his game, like he's gone. Like we're not keeping keeping this lad. Yeah, and if he'd done that yeah. all season, you know, yeah. we'd have been talking about seven figures again. But I... I reckon if someone had bought him this summer, it would have probably been a figure that we'd have never known because, of course, it would have been undisclosed. But I reckon it would have been pretty, pretty average if he had gone. So I think all these things yeah. played together quite well. I hate the undisclosed fee. Yeah, all the things in in life, it's one of the worst. It causes some serious yeah. heart attacks and uh, <laughs> blood blood pressure levels going up high around the around the place. But I don't know have why. To wait gone. to see the because like the accounts come out and then they're kind of public and you can. You know, I don't know. Anyway, you can understand, um, yeah. Yeah, Joel, uh, Joel Cooper. Um, who am I going for? Connor. It would be appropriate, wouldn't it? He's like Irish, Northern Irish. He's Northern Irish, yeah. Do you know his family? No, I don't. No, I, I, I just all I know really about that is that one of my friends served Mark Sykes at a local news agent, but I don't really know much about Joel Cooper. If he has a link to Sykes, then there, there's my reach. Well, that's a spicy yeah that's topical isn't yeah. it what did he buy i don't know i i to be fair, i might text him now and ask him what he brought like, yeah find out make it up like wagon wheels uh, it's probably just yeah. some watsits or something i don't know that's that's what i imagine <laughs> sykes is all about is that all the insight you're going to give us on Joel? Oh. <laughs> no no sorry I, I didn't realize you actually asked a question about him uh, no he he looks like a promising young player i think he's another one that you know they, they've obviously um, I'd have to know who the scout is in Northern Ireland because clearly so far we've picked up a, a couple of decent players you know obviously White went on to do good things with us and then obviously his Cardiff career has been a little bit stunted I, I guess um, yeah. and then Sykes he's only gone you know he's he's making leaps and bounds didn't he towards the end of last season so I'm excited to see him again he's still my favourite player so you know there's no there's no doubts about that um, and then hopefully Joel Cooper will, will get some game time. But I think, like we mentioned earlier, the left side is obviously a position that we, we're looking to strengthen. And I know that from what I've watched of Joel Cooper, he can play off the left. So I imagine he's not one. He's a little bit like with, with Sykes. When Sykes first came in, he had, you know he had to fight for his place and try to um, develop in, into that position. Uh, I think Joel Cooper might be the same sort of, same sort of idea. I don't think he's quite ready. To, be to, to your point, though, I, I, I think because we're lacking so much on the left, I think at the moment he's probably a sure thing, but maybe, just depend, maybe not. I just don't know if he's a player the, that has... Yeah, like, just depends on whether or not we're in for other players or what we're looking at at the moment. Yeah, and he's fit enough as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does anyone know if he's like a chalk on his boots type player 
hugs the touchline or whether he's like an inside forward. I thought he, it was more the latter. Yeah, he, yeah, he's definitely more of the latter from from what I've watched of him. And I say, one of my friends from from over in Belfast supports the the club he came from, so he knows quite a lot about him. And he said that he was more of a sort of inside winger, likes to come inside. And if you watch some of the highlights of his goals and stuff he scored last season, a lot of them were cutting in. So I don't think he'll be like you say, James. I, I can't imagine he's one who'd be hugging the touchline. But yeah, I have to wait and see because yeah. obviously um, players get moulded. You, know, you know, players can change when they get coached. So we'll have to wait and see what system we want to play and how how he, uh, KR wants him to operate. Yeah. And um, Marcus, someone help me, McGuin. <laughs> Marcus McGuin. Um, ben, have you have you seen much about this? The last time we signed a player with a Barca connection, it didn't really go too well but he seems a bit different oh let's hope he's not yemi version two just disappears and does a science degree somewhere else and ends up back at <laughs> spain somewhere or whatever um i don't know a lot about marcus actually he's one of those players you look at where he's been arsenal and barca you get a bit excited you think oh, we could have something but he's i think he's fairly untested at week in week out professional football i think he played 10 minutes for arsenal off the bench in the europa league game and Obviously, he didn't do much at Barca, but he, he must have enough there that the scouting team or KR have had a look and think, actually, it's, it's one of those that's worth a gamble. But yeah. central midfielder, I'm not sure whether he would sort of be one of the first names on the sheet, but certainly these cup games midweek or if, if there's any injuries or suspensions, I think he probably would be one they'll say, you know, what well, is your chance? See what you've got. I think based on pre-season thus far, I think he's a sure starter. Um I don't know why anyone else thinks Jack. I know you might have caught up on some of the games, but he looked. I think it, it, it got to the point where I think the BBC Oxford guys were saying we shouldn't get too excited too quickly because um, we've done that before. And I think Nathan mentioned Jamie Guy at that point yeah. or something. Um, but he, I thought he, he looked fantastic. Um, he did. He didn't look like a League One player from what from what I've seen. But Jack, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think. I was chatting to a couple of Forest fans and um, essentially COVID came at a, a bad time for him, obviously a bad time for everyone. They There was kind of shouts to get him in and around their first team squad, kind of February, March time. Um, I think he himself has said he'd, you know, he'd come over from Spain. He was a bit lacking in fitness. He'd got fit at Forest, played a couple of impressive games for their reserves and was kind of about to break through. So... It's probably one of those loan signings that works for everyone. If he comes and plays 30, 40 games, uh, he's probably too good for us, really. So if he's playing regularly, we'll probably be doing well. And equally for his career, um, it gives him a chance to kick on. And like you know, like Ben said, anyone who's been on Arsenal and Barca's books and is still only 21, 22 um, must have something about them. And I think uh, Dave Pritchard from the Oxford Mail um, said he's a little bit like Shandon in this kind of ability to drive forward with the ball. So yeah. he ticks all the boxes and, you know, it's it's a big change uh, to be signing or a good change rather to be signing young loanies rather than kind of David Connolly-esque 34-year-olds at the end of their career that we were at a few years ago. I, th- I think it was Steve um, Kinneborough on the BBC pod that was saying that from what he's seen looks fantastic on the ball but he couldn't play in a two in midfield because of you know maybe he's digging him a bit too early but his he wasn't tracking back where he should and that type of thing but if you've got kind of Gorin and Brannigan there as well then maybe that gives him the license to maybe play 
that role that you were kind of saying Shan- Shandon maybe played in the past. But yeah, sorry, John, I think I cut you off. No, as I say, I think I think the issue, and Ben touched on it, is what's he going to do in a League One dogfight or in a game that's sort of in that early chaos stage of the of the game or a team against us that are sort of trying to shut us down. If he can break past through the lines, fantastic. But if he ends up sort of not knowing what to do and playing five yard square passes, in sort of it'll be great if he's got the Kassam in front of him, we're on the front foot. It's whether he can turn it round in the sort of make it happen in the um crappy, horrible situations. Um, so I think I'm I'm optimistic about him. I think on the front foot, and if he can dribble, I I'd definitely start him. Yeah. But here's one where it's like well he hasn't played a single game in League One. So it's it's one of those where maybe you can afford more luxury players in the current climate where there's not many people in grounds, there's lack of intensity feeding into the matches from the stands. I, you know, I don't know, but that's yeah, no, no, I agree. I was going to make a similar similar point yeah. later on that there is something about that for him, and some players who are bedding in now could be a great time for them to do it before they get the uh, you know shouts and screams when they cock up a basic pass and that sort of stuff. So. Yeah, no, I'm optimistic about him. I just think there's natural caution, but it's it's, it's a minimal risk because we've got other options in the field yeah, yeah. that can come in. So we talked a bit about Sean Clare as well, so it'd be interesting to see where that goes, but solid signing. We definitely needed the backup um, right back. Liam Kelly's back, Tony. Yeah. He looks like a, a player. I think like the playoff final when he came on, I think Goran went off, he came on, he was dictating the game. And well, I don't think we got an opportunity really to see that much of him he had some you know fitness was a bit of a concern we had Burton away I think he got subbed really early on because the way the game was going but you know he's definitely got quality hasn't he oh yeah yeah I mean I was at the the Newcastle match as well where he scored that direct free kick when he came off the bench and yeah I mean in in that Wickham game he came on and just completely changed the the complexion of it for us obviously Wickham was sitting off us so they they were letting him play um so I don't know whether we'll get away with that in um, yeah. in some of the sort of in some of yeah the, the league one dogfights I suppose. But um, yeah, if we can get him fit, um, then he's he's clearly a player who's probably playing beneath himself. You know, reports from uh, from Reading fans that you know he at times looked like their best player in the league above. So um, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't say that about him unless uh, he's got something about him. So yeah, I think that's yeah. a really good yeah. and smart signing to sort of keep the squad together as well because he was obviously here last year I had a look at his record um, and at Reading he's played 80 odd games in roughly four seasons so he hasn't really ever done a full season of 30 plus games which is natural but I was really really excited when this this came off I think he'll he'll just run certain games particularly at home and I think you saw it in the Newcastle game when he came on it felt like the rest of the squad were like looking to him in a really positive way. And yeah. again, like players like Brannigan relaxed and sort of did their own and then stopped worrying about having to go and get the ball and just concentrate on getting into attacking areas. So I don't think you'll play every game. certainly not on the uh, Rochdale away with Sam Long in the yeah. team. But <laughs> I'm, I think he's going to be a massive, massive player. He definitely takes the pressure off Brannigan, I think, when he's on the pitch because a lot of our play goes through Brannigan normally. Um, yeah. And when Kelly's on the pitch, there's someone else who can dictate the tempo. So, um, yeah, really pleased about getting him back, actually. When you mentioned Wickham as well, the thing that impressed me the most about that was that, yes, they were sitting off, but he was still pigging the ball all over the place in progressive play. Like, it was always forward passes and he was finding his man. 
and there wasn't much space and he was still doing that and you know that's the type of thing I think we'll be looking for him to be doing at least like we say against some of the teams that we're probably expected to win against so just be interesting whether Gorin is like sacrificed so he plays more in that holding role or something like that I guess we'll have to see how that plays out um We've we taken a player on actually no it's a it's a proper signing isn't it that Dylan Asangani I think is his name um, I'm guessing Kr had some kind of prior knowledge of the chap Jack I'm guessing you might know something about this but um, he's come from MK Dons I think he signed a it's a permanent deal wasn't it yeah um, he's, he um, it's an interesting one because if you, if you kind of Google his name about two or three years ago he was being linked with moves to kind of Liverpool Man United. Um, you know, big, big moves. And then he picked up a little injury, but he's still only, I think he's still only 20. Um, he scored, you know, he did score a goal for MK Don's first team. I think generally they're quite excited about him, but in the kind of climate with his contract up, they decided to release him. Um, KR, yeah, knows him from when he was kind of 16, 17, coming through their academy. So it's it's a bit of a free hit, I think. Um, he, you know, he's going to be probably third, fourth choice, depending if we do sign someone else might play in the Tuesday night trophy thing. Um, <laughs> or he might go out on loan. You know, Why don't a- they just market it as that? <laughs> no. Yeah, it would make it easier for everyone. Um, yeah, yeah he, might, he might go out on loan to an Oxford City or something like that. But um, I think of the two unknowns, if you like, he is second to Aussie at the minute. Yeah, and on to Aussie himself. So that's that's another one that's quite a weird signing like his career you know youth player at Toulouse in France never seemed to kind of break through to their team went on to Brest uh haha and um a couple of guys I don't even know what league they're in does anyone know they the league below league yeah, second division yeah is that league door um <laughs> anyway but uh he's, he's had a good start isn't he in pre-season four or five goals I think like he's he's had a really good good start. Some of the goals against Brentford were a little weird, right place, right time kind of thing. But that's kind of what you're looking for. And is he a striker? Is he a winger? I don't know. It seems like he's well, yeah. Versatile. When he was asked in in his interview, I know his English is a, is a little bit off, but he said that he can play off left, right, and centre. So he's obviously got a bit of confidence of where he can play. Whether or not he ends up playing off all three of those and is used as a little bit of a you know, a versatile player that kind of fit in where needs be or whether or not he ever gets any starts and uh, plays down the middle, I guess, remains to be seen. But like you say, I think he's had a, yeah, he's had a decent pre-season. And, you know, I know that he was likened to a, a Tiger signing, wasn't it? A bit like uh, Toussaint Dai was. Um, but KR obviously sees something in him because I remember... In one of the interviews, KR said after the preseason trip to Wales that you know when he was training with them and you know when they were running up the the sand dune and all that sort of thing that he had a bit about him. So you know we'll have to wait and see how he gets on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a low risk signing if if you know he's not on a lot of money, which I can't imagine he is. So we just have to wait and see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, it's just where's he going to get his opportunity? Given that it, seemingly we're in for another striker. Um, yeah. another strike yeah. Yeah. which it's always exciting when you sign a player from abroad those that you don't know anyone about you know uh, like Van, when Van Kessel joined and he scored that that amazing <laughs> goal. Goal. Yeah, yeah yeah it's great oh, what, yeah. yeah 
everyone's getting excited about Oseo because he scored two slide tackles against Brentford. No, <laughs> 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 um, cutting. I mean, he, he looked alert though, which is obviously what you want from your strikers. So, yeah, fingers crossed. Very <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Um, Van Kessel, yeah, that was he was the most arrogant bastard I'd ever heard in interviews as well. It was amazing. Oh, I liked Van Kessel. He, he was kind of like he kind of made, he like questioned why he was at the club. He's like, why am I even here? I don't know why I'm <laughs> why am I at Oxford? Um anyway. Pre-season then, Jack. Like you take what are you taking from it? We we beat Woking 4-0, Banbury 5-0, Oxford City 3-0. Those those games on football manager that you set up to see how much you can smash teams by in my opinion. <laughs> Um, pre-season and then you go on to Palace that was a good run out did do people watch that Jack were you following that game yeah I watched that we um, we looked pretty impressive first half you know they they had their full strength side out um, it was only when we started to make a few changes well in fact we made a load at half time and we conceded two goals in about five minutes but um, in, in all the three games against the kind of bigger better opposition Palace QPR and Brentford we've um, played reasonably well. The Brentford game was probably the concern is not the right word, but we we didn't look as fluid. But I mean, Brentford are a fantastic attacking side. Um, so if that had been a league game and we'd kind of robbed a point, we'd be quite happy. So there's there's uh, definitely you know plenty of uh, reasons to be positive, and KR's still making noise about two or three more additions. So yeah, I think I think you can be very happy with how it's gone. Q- QPR game really competitive. Matt Matt Taylor scored a, like a back heely thing, didn't he? Um, but that was that was a decent result, and they didn't seem to like overawe us or anything like that. Um, and obviously the Brentford game definitely agree with Jack. Like it was, we weren't at our best, but you know, good fight, good spirit, mixed it up, and you can't really worry too much about that performance. And we still came out with a draw. So, um, what do we still need, Ben? If you're looking at it, I think it's been well reported that striker, left winger, maybe the left side in general is just a bit lacking in depth. And what what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that's that's the main area. Obviously, Ruffles needs needs some cover. He can't play every game. You know, he, I know he's, he's played most minutes in pre-season. He played pretty much every game last season. He's sort of the under the radar MVP for us. But he, he needs some backup, not just to cover in the cup games, but you know, to, to genuinely challenge him for his position because that's always healthy for both the players, really. Um, left winger, I think we need a left winger. I think we've probably got some lined up. The number 11 shirt's still free. Um, but I agree with what Tony said earlier on about that centre-back position. I think a, an experienced centre-back in his early 30s, sort of coming towards the end of his career, I think would be really useful to have on the books. The same Messino's, you know, you've got a year or two maybe left, and Jones is a sort of, it's not far from the make or break position for him. He's either going to make it or he isn't. So I think. What was that chap called that from Scotland? Fin- Stuart Finley, wasn't yeah. it? That we kept on getting linked with last summer and then it cropped back up again this year. But yeah. You know, like, again, going back to the model, you sell a player for, let's say, two, 2.5 million. If you can reinvest half a mil in a player like that and pull him down from Scotland and, you know, I. I, I do think it's needed as well. Yeah, I think for sure, like another centre back needs to be there, especially with Moose. He's now like what forty eight or something. So we've got to. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm a bit worried if we are relying on Messino. I know he had a good season last year, but he's just got s- such a tendency to like divvy on the ball, 
and he's he's done it a lot in these preseason games as well. And I wonder how much um, of his sort of performances last season was down to playing next to uh, a very informed Bob Dick, yeah. and whether that was sort of covering for him a little bit. I mean, obviously, you know, if he puts on the yellow shirt, wanting to do well, but um, we can't afford to be caught in possession right at the back like that. So. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd be pretty worried if we were thinking about putting him into the first team. I think yeah. I think for one game, you know, the odd game here or there, it'd probably be fine. But if somebody got injured for a couple of months, especially once the transfer window is closed, I think we'd really struggle then. To, we'd have to rely on people like Jones to step up. And do we need to put ourselves under that kind of that pressure? I don't think we do. If we can sign somebody yeah. who's got you know a good ten years left to them, or it's like I said, somebody like. Stuart, then great, but we just need somebody who's got that experience who can do us a job for a couple of years just to give you that bit of security. And Tony, like the left back position, so Raffles has played like 700 games <laughs> in the last two seasons. Yeah. Um, like, do you feel like we need to bring someone in to challenge him, um, similar to what we've done with kind of Sam Long and Claire? Yeah. Or do you think it needs to just be covering like a, a loan who's going to be happy with kind of playing cup games and whatever. No, I think you need, I mean, every footballer needs to be, uh, to be challenged for that position. I think, I mean, Ruffles is probably, you know, the, the model professional. So he's, he's shown over the last season that he doesn't need that to motivate himself. But um, if he is injured, then it's a bit of a worry about who is actually going to fit into that position. And I know sometimes people say, oh, well, Sam Long can play there, but, you know, he's right footed, um, doesn't give you the, great balance there so um yeah i think we definitely need a left back um just for for cover more than anything yeah and we started playing jack lofthouse we were saying earlier was playing left back in the brentford game for a bit wasn't he and i, I don't feel like if we're getting that money in from dicky it's worth the risk but maybe the loan market's still a thing that we're going to utilize the transfer windows pushed back a bit isn't it so yeah i mean the thing with Rus- ruffles is Playing so many games in what is going to be, you know, without a real break this summer. Yes, you know, there was a break. He did get away, but he's he must be knocking on the door if he plays the majority of games this year, kind of 100 games. And for someone who up until probably a year ago, we didn't really see as a proper full-time left-back, um, that's quite impressive. But yeah, he's eventually he's going to get suspended. He might pick up a niggle you know, heaven forbid, a, a more serious injury. And we've just been talking about, um, you know, needing an experienced centre-back. I think we'd need someone experienced to come in. I, I'm not sure a young loanee um, would, would be the answer there. Yeah, yeah. I definitely agree with that for the centre-back. What would be great for left-back is like, given the issue with the winger as well, it's just Marvin Johnson type person that must be lingering around somewhere that could just do all of it. Oh, Garbutt um, keeps being mentioned. Luke Garbutt's available. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, good shout. But but he wasn't yeah. very good at left back, was he? He was better. At well, he he just had a bad start, didn't he? And then he he suddenly came to life. But yeah, maybe that was because he was playing a bit further forward. Yeah. The the other rumor that's doing the rounds uh, on the on the yellows forum at the moment is uh, Omar Beckles, who apparently used to play for she- um, Shrewsbury and can cover centre back and left back. So I guess. That would be that would be a solution if we could find someone that can cover both of those key positions. That was cropping up in the Yorkshire Yellows chat, wasn't it? 
Um, but... yeah, I mean, he's he's a solid player. He's, I think he's 28, 29. So I think it all comes down to cash and, and available wages, really. I think the thing for me is that you can make a really strong case for needing all four of them. Like you can't, the answer to the, if somebody said to you, which would you sacrifice, i.e. would you not get left-back covering or would you not get another centre-back? I'd make the case for all of them because, to me, left-sided, wide, pacey winger is essential because at the moment we've got a brilliant technical midfield, but there's no actual real pace in it and only potentially McGuane that can, or McGuane, who can dribble past people. Um, so I would argue the left-side wing is probably the most essential. But then, as, as the cases we've talked about, that, yeah, it's, this season's going to be a lot of games. There's going to be injuries, and we'll need to grind some performances out. We're not going to be able to play total football for all of this season. So we are in a great place, it feels, in a way with the squad. But equally, we're only a couple of things going wrong from being in a, a the absolute reverse. There's there's a lot of players in that like attacking winger position, though, that are a bit of an unknown quantity. So, you know, if Robbie Hall comes back and mm. is fully fit, and if Osayor turns out to be a good player, if Joel Cooper hits the ground running, if Anthony Ford breaks into the team on the right wing you know we're then looking a bit overloaded in those positions as well so I I understand why why we're looking at that left wing position but yeah Dan Aggie as well you know um, it, it seems like he's not seen as a centre forward so that means he must be out on the wings then um, that's you know, right that's, that's yeah KR's, players there. KR said that Aggie was like third choice centre forward mm. so like you say he must be more seen as a winger mm. Um yeah, yeah. Uh, another thing, when we played QPR, like James Henry got shifted out to left wing, and that's just not where you want him, is it? Like, no. um, we all we all kind of know that's not not the position. He, he works well on the right. He works well kind of in the hole, but yeah, it doesn't feel like that's where he needs to be. Um, striker though, there was some news like again, hot off the press, um, reported in the Oxford Mail, and we we had an inkling of it from just various forums and other things that. We were after another striker and we we put an offer in. Um Jack, it's looking like it's potentially Sam Winnell, um, going on what people are saying. Yeah, I think there's a there's a bit of discussion on Robinson's terminology of the word bid. Um, but normally when we've bid for players, he talks about, oh, we've talked to the club, blah, 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 blah. This time he's kind of suggesting that we're already talking to the player, which to me suggests a free agent. Yeah. Now, if we're looking at strikers who are free agents um, that he's describing as, you know, what do you say, the best he can get in League One or something, you're probably looking at the likes of Chris Martin, who actually I think has just signed for someone tonight, Brett Pittman maybe, but Winnell would seem to tick the boxes um, and is probably looking at how his career's been in the last couple of seasons. A League One move is probably the next step for him. So, um it, you know that that is the one that's starting to make noise. I think is he yeah. the Barnsley, the ex Barnsley striker? Yeah. yeah, he was at Scun, he was at Scunthorpe and scored yeah. nearly twenty five goals in League Two, and then went to Barnsley, scored pretty much every other game in League yeah. One, got over twenty goals. So he'd be a good player. How old is he? He's like he's not thirty, is he? He's like twenty seven, twenty eight, I think. Um, so that would be good, and like you say, fits the mold. Um, other players that are kind of free agents as well. Tom Huddleston, I don't think we want to pay forty grand a week. Um, That's why he's a free agent. No one does yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, talked about Luke Garber a bit. Brett Pittman, you mentioned Marcus Madison was the one that stood out as well. Mm. Uh, he 
yeah, he posted something, didn't he, on his on his Twitter, being like, "A sulking child, please come and get me." But um, he's a we know you know from his Peterborough days, he's he's a player, isn't he? Um, Knowing KR, I'd be very surprised if we hadn't at least kind of got in contact. If we you know we we need a winger slash kind of tricky player, he's available. He's desperate for a club. You know, isn't he more of a cam than a winger? Though? Well, I don't I know. Thought... This is the thing. I don't really know what he does see himself as. When he he joined Hull in January last year on loan and didn't really do anything of any note because I don't think he can quite work out where he does play. That was a weird transfer. He signed from Peterborough to Hull on loan. Yeah, and You're then right. Hull didn't take up the permanent option, and then Peterborough ah, okay. his contract. Wow, that's a strange turn of events. <laughs> that's a really weird thing to go up a division on loan you usually think it's like a where there's already an agreement in place right for a transfer but there you go um okay anyone else stand out to anyone no okay good <laughs> tony any thoughts on like salary cap stuff because we've all had a bit of a moan uh, and a whinge about it but what do you reckon yeah well i mean when when all this um stuff kicked off with the with the coronavirus and obviously fans not being allowed in. I did say to a few of my mates, like football fans, you know, this would be a good time to look at football finances and try to sort of push the reset button, I suppose, um, and come up with some new rules and regulations to try and get things under control. And I, I stand by that. But the way that they've they've done it is just shambolic. I mean, how how can you have a salary cap in leagues one and two but not a salary cap in the championship? And you know they they haven't voted on it yet in the championship, and it do, it looks like they're probably going to um, try to avoid even having the vote. And if they do have it, they'll probably vote it down anyway. So it's just yeah. pulling up the drawbridge, isn't it? So, um, yeah, not very happy about it to be honest. No, I don't know if anyone else has got any thoughts since Jack. You've always been keeping tabs on this stuff. It's yeah. I again, I. Tony's hit the nail on the head, the way they've introduced it and, and to be like, okay, guys, we're having a vote. Oh, it's going to be for this season, by the way. Uh, we don't really care that most of you were probably over it last year anyway. You just got to deal with it this year. Oh, and by the way, your squad size is going to be reduced unless you sign a load of young players. Uh, and oh, by the way, this and that. Um, obviously, there's, there's no surprise the PFA have put a legal challenge in against it. Um, that's gone very quiet on, on what will happen there. And, and personally... Whilst we've just been talking about, oh, we need a left back, we need a centre back. Actually, our senior player squad size, which I think has got to be twenty-two players this year, um, under twenty-one don't count. We're not that far away from it. And when you've got people like Jamie Hansen, who's injured again, hasn't played a minute in pre-season, uh, Oxford Mail reports he's out for three or four weeks. We probably can't shift him out on loan. We may yeah. get kind of a bit screwed over by the salary cap slash squad limit situation. Um, Personally, and I think I said it when we discussed it way back when, that what should have happened was the the restrictions that did exist that were clearly breached by a number of parties should have actually been uh, enforced properly rather than the EFL just going, oh, we've got this booklet of stuff. We don't really... Uh, pay any attention to it we'll just rip it up and put something brand new in really quickly um so yeah something needs to happen football money is spiraling out of control but this was not the way to go about it yeah no i agree i agree with that um 
that yeah the point about um you know actually enforcing the existing rules the, the existing rules if you look at them make a lot of sense you know it's tied to turnover which you know big big clubs in our league like Sunderland are obviously not very happy about it because theoretically you know they they should be able to spend a lot more than other clubs because of the number of fans they've got and right rightly so I suppose but yeah. um you know if the if the football authorities aren't willing to implement the existing rules then why would they be any more likely to implement uh these ones you know what happens if someone breaks breaks the rules but in the process gets promoted are they gonna are they gonna actually do what they probably should do which is demote them or are they gonna give them a slap on the wrist and a fine which you know you're happy to take a, a fine if that means that you're promoted to the league above so um exactly yeah it's like it becomes a gamble yeah like yeah again which is and you're kind of putting that on the teams to to take it like is it worth doing that to get up to pay a fine knowing that you'll get the money when you get up like it's just i don't know it just seems a bit backwards jerome was also saying on the radio the other day that he didn't feel like any of the actual rules around that had been formalized in any way in terms of what actually contributes to the cap like signing on fees and all that other stuff and it all just felt a bit bit up in the air um but anyway Right, actually, before we move on to like talk, looking at the season ahead, um, I forgot to mention kind of like fringe players and stuff. And there's one in particular. Like ben Eastwood is obviously still around, and Stevens has had a reasonable preseason. Do you were you surprised at that? I I thought Eastwood's I thought Eastwood would be gone, but maybe COVID has has changed that. I don't know. No, I think I I'm on that same thought pattern as well. I thought I thought he might have left, especially given the the rumours start of last season and you know the, the selling of furniture and all that stuff <laughs> I, yeah I didn't think and he didn't have the best season particularly towards the end of last season as well I think uh, he will be treated as number one and probably rightly so but I think the fact that Stevens has had a very good pre-season and is clearly impressed in within the club the last few months and potentially years I think it's it's good to have a, a strong challenge to Eastwood because if his form is poor or if anything else happens, then we need somebody who can step in. And I, I think it's right we do it within the club rather than getting someone else in loan as well. That must have been a yeah. bit of a kick in the teeth for Stevens last season, even though it turned out to be a, a good decision. You know, it, it, at least it shows that he's he's taken that on the chin and he's improved as a result. That's that's exactly what Rosie said on the BBC pod. He was saying that. Maybe last year made sense when Archer came in, but this year, if that were to happen, that's him gone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it's it, he's got to a stage where we're going to be playing so many games in such quick succession that surely Stevens is getting an opportunity to shine in the cup games to build up, I guess, KR's confidence that he can do a job in the league. Um, I don't know, Connor, what you reckon about that as well? Do you, Eastwood is Eastwood the man for you? He's you know we always say he's in credit when he makes a mistake. But you know, maybe a you know he, he's obviously great. He's he's done a great job for the club. But I thought maybe a change uh, was a foot. I, I think Eastwood's still in credit for me and still our valid number one goalkeeper, in my opinion. Um, I I also agree with what Ben said there about like you know Stevens having a good preseason, which is good to see because Stevens has been around the club for well as long as I can remember anyway. Um, so if Eastwood you know picks up a knock or his performances are dipping throughout the season, then. Uh, it would be good to see Jack get 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 a shot, but yeah, I'm still I'm still pleased that Eastwood's stuck around, personally. Nice, okay. And um, just before we move on, John, the kind of fringe players where you've got Ford, 
Ford being this versatile player, played a bit of right back, moved around on the wing and played in midfield last season. Obviously, Robbie Hall, you got Hansen, we talked about who's just his career. You know, I feel sorry for the bloke. And then Napper's back and playing some minutes. So I don't what, what do you think about those guys? Do you think very much fringe players? Do you think there's an opportunity there? Do you think the cup games will give them that opportunity? Uh, I think I've got a lot of time for Anthony Ford. I think KR does as well. Um, getting him into the team will be difficult, but I think I could see him playing more games than we think this season. Um, but I think in terms of squad numbers, I think Napper and Hansen, if we can do, possibly Hall have probably got to go out on loan again. And it may be that we have to gamble on a combination of Hall, Cooper, um, Ossie on the left wing as, as, as an option there. But um, no, I've got a lot of time for Ford and I'd still like to see him play. But equally, I think it'll be a, a struggle with Sykes and Henry kind of dominating that right side. Um, the other centre midfielder coming in as well. Yeah, yeah. Right, on to, on to next season then. So <laughs> I saw someone reference uh, Peterborough and Barry Fry referencing Operation Revenge for the things. Um, <laughs> oh, this, this is a, this is a season revenge. Season now, revenge, according sorry. According to, uh, to Barry Fry, I saw a clip of him talking about that. I mean, their front three with Johnson, Hart, Clark, Harris in from Bristol Rovers is still as exciting, even though Tony's gone. But um, I think they're just sort of setting themselves up for a for a fall in a way. I mean, I think they will be up there, absolutely. But I think they'll have also painted themselves as the team everyone wants to beat just to rub it in their face, really. <laughs> I'm surprised. Did Issa stay around? I would have thought he would have gone. No, he, was... he stayed. And um, the other, is it Dembele, I think, is, is still there. And um, I don't think they've made a huge amount of signings beyond that, really. Um, sort of a couple of other players from sort of yeah, from Wigan and a youngster from Man United. So I think they're pretty set with their front three and I think they're just going to go for it. I think they're gambling and they're going to get up this season. Yeah. Jack, you're a man in the know. Any other news across the league that we should be aware of in terms of signings or exciting things? Or do you um, want to talk about Steve Evans? Um... <laughs> Gillingham. Um, I'm very impressed with Blackpool and Lincoln's business. I don't, I don't think they've signed anyone kind of exceptional, but they've both made some kind of wise sign-ins. I think the the manager at Blackpool, who was the uh, Liverpool 23s manager, has signed yeah. a few kind of young Premier League players in a bit of an Appleton style. And I think... Did they get Woodburn in the end? No, he still hasn't signed anywhere yet. All uh, right, okay. I wonder um, where he's heading. Lincoln has signed a couple of interesting ones. I think John's put in our notes here that um, they've signed a, a lad from the Dutch second division. Um, they kind of watched him for 10 games, looked at the stats because um, they they identified the Dutch second league as a kind of comparison for wages. Um, I think an Appleton side, as we saw, you give him you know half a season to build and create his own squad. I think they'll go quite well this year. Um, I'm, I'm glad you described that, Jack, because I would have sounded like a Appleton fanboy <laughs> if I described it myself. But it was just a bit from a podcast um, of The Athletic he was talking about. And... Um, it just sounds like an incredibly detailed recruitment strategy that I can't imagine half or the majority of clubs go through just to sign just to sign a player. Um, Liam Bridcut's another interesting yeah. signing down at Lincoln. Um, he was very good for Bolton, even in a poor team. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think they'll be there thereabouts. Um, but he was saying that for the salary cap for Lincoln, 
they're not even close to it. It's not an issue for them. It just sort of shows that there is this, there is still this wide gap in in League One. Yeah, and on Lincoln, that's our opening game of the season, and that what memories we had from last year. It's devastating that we can't <laughs> even try and relive some of that. To be fair, but like, ah, oh, it's just tragic, but understandable. Um, Tony, are you excited about playing the the old enemy? Yeah, of course, you know, seven in a row and all that. I think we can uh, we can hopefully add to that because, um, you know, we, we've we discussed our transfer window, which I think has gone pretty well so far. I mean, looking at them and, and also looking across the league, no one is really making big signings, you know, that, that are making me think, oh, I'm a bit worried about what they're going to do. I think, yeah, Lincoln obviously have made, made a lot of, of signings. Um, uh, Gillingham was a, team that I noticed picked up Alex McDonald and Jordan Graham, obviously two ex-Oxford players, but it was quite interesting to see McDonald back in, well, uh, did he play with us in League One or did we get rid of him as soon as we got up? I, I can't remember. He went um, in the, the January, I think, in the Jan- was kind yeah. of putting on some timber, essentially. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, but I was always a big McDonald fan, so um, aside from it being Gillingham, and, uh, I, I'd hope that he'd do well. But um, yeah, no, look, looking... Uh, Looking forward to playing Swindon again, but um, you know, behind closed doors though, it's going to be weird, isn't it? Well, I mean, it, October, isn't it? The first one, so it should be some fans in there. But even even that, I find yeah. weird. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think know. this is this is the issue, isn't it? Is at the moment, obviously, now I'm back in Oxford. There's there's local talks of of lockdown measures coming into place in Oxford. So this is the issue. Is no matter. What happens with with football clubs yeah. in terms of fans being allowed back to stadiums? Whether it's you know, a, it's definitely going to be a decreased capacity be between thirty and fifty percent of fans back in stadiums, um, and you know it's down to the club whether or not they allow away fans in, etc. But if you start to get these local lockdowns popping up here, there, and everywhere, then football clubs are obviously going to be affected by that as well. So regardless of whether we got fans back in, you know, in in three weeks, sorry, in in October. You know, by the time it gets around to to that time, we could be having local lockdowns anyway, and then in that case, there'll be definitely no fans. So it's really yeah. up in the air, and I think it, we're just going to have to play it all completely by ear in terms of you know being allowed back. But at the end of the day, from what we do know, is that season tickets, uh, season ticket holders have priority. So um, chances of any of us in this chat going is extremely extremely slim. Yeah. The, the thing that keeps hitting me is that it's all those little things like looking at the fixture list and trying to work out what you're doing what weekend and booking travel to all those away games and like just not being able to do any of that. It's just, um, it's just soul destroying. <laughs> I'm trying to keep like, you know, we were talking on our like pod WhatsApp before, weren't we? But like, we're trying to keep positive about the whole thing and I guess I can I'm kind of used to streaming games and stuff. But even when you stream games, you kind of live for that atmosphere. You live for the reaction to the goals. You live for all that stuff. I'm just, um, I'm hoping that, you know, like it kind of becomes a norm and it becomes all right. And you still get that same buzz from scoring. But, yeah. you know, we're going to have to see, yeah. aren't we? For, for me, football's always been an escape from the real world. You know, you, you get to the weekend and you think, oh, good, I'm going to a game. But the problem is that we can't escape from this with football because it's all going to be affected by it. So I think it. Yeah. I, I get what you mean with it. It's just, you know, you hope it's going to be that same buzz, but it's not going to be the same as going to no. a game. But 
for the time being, that is what we've got to get used to. You'll get it with what? Swindon, though, won't you? I mean, Swindon. It, you know, if you were playing, if you were playing ping pong with a Swindon fan and no one else was watching, <laughs> you'd still be giving it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so whatever true. it is, you know, whether there's no one there at all, we're going to want to beat yeah. them, aren't we? Even if you're I'm, I'm fed up of hearing about um, Wellin's ball, like Richie Wellin's. <laughs> loads of pundits seem to be banging about the great football they play. And you just think, oh, you just want to stuff that, right? Play play Robinson ball. It's much better. What happened to Ewan Doyle in the end? Did he go back to Bradford or did he go somewhere else? I He's don't remember. signed for Bolton. Oh, is he? Yeah. They've, they've learned their lesson. Wow, okay. Yeah, three-year three-year deal. He was their first three-year signing deal. on a three-year deal, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Um, that's not a bad shout. He was like 31, wasn't he? He just had a bizarre season. Um, looking at the fixtures then, has anything jumped out to anyone, like tough periods or anything like that? Being completely honest, I haven't gone through it in too much detail yet. But I've just, anyone else? I've just had a quick look there. The six-week period from beginning of February looks like that's going to be sort of make or break. You've got games away at places like Doncaster, Ipswich, Swindon and Hull. And then you've got home games against Wigan, Pompey, Peterborough and Charlton. They're all, wow, for different yeah. reasons, tough games. So I think you know, you've got to get yourself in a position before then that you're up there and almost sort of hang on during that period because you'd like to think most of those teams, apart from Swindon, will be up there and challenging as well. The league, the quality of the league does look pretty ridiculous, doesn't it, This going into next season? I think... Um... October looks quite tough as well. You you got to mm. go to Gillingham, and obviously they've signed every player in the world. He's brilliant, and Steve Evans is a maestro, etc., <laughs> etc. Et um, got to go away to Peterborough on on project vengeance. You got MK Dons at home, Swindon at home, Charlton on a Tuesday night, Fleetwood away, where we you know you write zero points against that straight away. Um, but you know we've got to play everyone twice. Well, we're supposed to play everyone twice. Um, Getting off to a good start will be crucial, considering we've just said Lincoln will be up there. We've got Sunderland, who you have got to be good at some point. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's see. Gods, there are some proper runs. Like, yeah, Wigan in consecutive games. Wigan, Pompey, Ipswich, Hull. Oh, yeah, that's nuts. Well, Wigan won't be a problem, though, will it? No, true. true. But yeah, but there's, there's no... The start's not too bad if you look at it sort of Accrington Crew, Bristol Rovers, all right, Sunderland at home. But yeah, but it should be a lot of cracking football as well. Though. There's a lot of games there where you go, well, that's pretty going to be pretty even, isn't it? The uh, I'm happy. Sorry, sorry on, the, the, the only thing I was going to say is I heard KR say in his interview today if we beat Wimbledon on Saturday, the second round of the, the League Cup would be um, Tuesday the 15th. So the first four rounds of the Carabao Cup are being played in September. So if we progress in that, you add even more games into September than there already is. Um, so I, I, I'm i now less bothered about beating Wimbledon on Saturday, to be honest, just for the fixture chaos it might cause. So yeah. so is he? Like <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. Practically, he practically said, if we can accidentally bin this off, um, <laughs> go, go for it. Um, I, I mean, he made a good point about the prize money as well. Like, I mean, I... I still think we should be going. For, we should need to go for it in the FA Cup because you know life's too short. But um, yeah, we haven't even mentioned it ourselves in terms of a, <laughs> previewing it or anything like that because there's no need because it's you know he's openly saying we're treating it like a friendly, which I'm sure that's not going to be f- fully the feel to it. Yeah, 
Italy, if, if you ever wanted to dive out of the cups, this is the season to do it. Obviously, the League Cup anyway. Yeah. I'm happy that the, the only ground, for whatever reason, I really wanted to go to was Crew. I've never managed to make Crew away. I've never gone. And it's one of the I'll only to, grounds I'll I've been to. to. Plymouth. Plymouth. Bonkers distance from where we are. But yeah, I don't know why. I really want to go to Plymouth. Me and Jack will go, won't we? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. well, hold on a minute. It's just after Christmas. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. On to predictions then. So Bet Victor, which is obviously a fantastic betting site, put us as first place. We're not sponsored by them. I don't know why you said They had that. Oxford, then Peterborough, then Fleetwood, really? then, then Ipswich. First. Well, I'm just saying that because they put us first. Great guys. And then the D3, D4, that's a podcast, yeah. isn't it? They yeah. put us on a, a second place, but they do have an Oxford fan on the pod. <laughs> um, Tony's Tony, so you've said seventh. Do you want to revise that slightly on the back of you know that was just after the playoff final? So yeah, I'll more... revise that. Let's say we'll say sixth. We'll just sneak in three, <laughs> <laughs> one, one place. Um, Connor, what are you saying? Fourth. I'm writing this down, you know. I'm actually going to write it down. <laughs> yeah. So we can go look back. I think it. fourth. Okay, Ben. Yeah, I think fourth or fifth. I'll go fifth. But if you know one or two players come in, you could easily be challenging second or third. Okay, okay, Jack. Um, fourth with a chance of automatic on the final day. Oh, that's very specific. You're making me put brackets around your name. <laughs> I was going to say chance Is this... of auto yeah. promotion on final. Um, John, I'm going to go fifth, fifth with no extra caveats. Although I am, I do feel like there's going to be a moment when, like Taylor's injured for a month or something like that happens, where we all lose faith, for, and and it gets a bit gets a bit spicy. Okay. No, John, no spicy finale and shitty injury to key players at some point during the season. <laughs> right. Um. I'm going to say second place Oof. and we get promoted behind, I don't know, Peterborough. Oh, no, you've just... I hate to say that. But Successful I vengeance. Say it, but I'm glad he didn't say <laughs> Gillingham. <laughs> By the way, it, just so listeners know, Jack absolutely can't... Every time Gillingham sign anyone it's the steve evans template of ah we've we've poached this player from another 12 clubs who are obviously interested that's that's kind of the template isn't it that he goes for jack yeah essentially i mean it's it's the steve evans factor i mean gillingham are in my in my no opinion box of clubs so um (laughs) like it's just evans you can yeah i noticed this at uni and i've been noticing it ever since i could probably write a dissertation on it to be honest to be fair, it seems to work. <laughs> he, does, he has got a lot of players in, but they could easily be a team that, you know, doesn't it doesn't mash together and, you know, they're just mid-table obscurity. But some oh. some of the players obviously listen to him or the checkbook the chairman has. I was still fascinated by the fact that Dave Pritchard used to cover them and then move to us. God, that's a good move, isn't it? That's a top transfer. Um, right. Week ahead, so we've got Wimbledon on Saturday, first game. How are people watching it? You can stream it, right? It's on iFollow. Ten, is it a tenner? Tenner, yeah. 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 Where does that money your... go as well? Does it go to the club? The, the home club, I think. Is it? They 
if they said before it was 80% to the that was last season though 80% to the club 20% to the EFL or something that was i think the peterborough bloke whatever his face is this is um, this is a special deal that EFL have done with sky to make it happen so i think it is quite advantageous to the club more yeah. more than 80% or whatever so that's decent it's kind of nice knowing that though isn't it but I do think they should broadcast it a bit more readily to make it clear that the money does go to the club to make people want to to put yeah, their money there. Yeah. But um, then we've got Tim Pot surprise on Tuesday. So as we said, two different teams. And uh, yeah, I guess it'll be interesting. I'll probably find time to watch that on Saturday. So it'll be good to see the the, the team underway. Um, right. I don't know when we're going to do the next pod. We'll have to talk about it separately, but hope everyone's enjoyed that thanks everyone for for coming along tony do you enjoy yourself yeah it's wonderful i'd love to come yeah. back if you'll have me of course of course you, you're kind of like a natural at the pod game i feel so i think i'm just a natural at chatting rubbish about Oxford united i've had a lot of practice yeah. oh, you, you fit in perfectly <laughs> with us lot then <laughs> right uh nice one chaps cheers ben cheers jack cheers connor cheers john and uh we'll catch you guys again soon nice one Thank you.